Good evening, everyone. Welcome. If you can take a seat, please. We're going to call to order uh, the City of South Miami uh, City Commission. Today is December 19th, I think, <laughs> 2023. Uh, if you could please all silence or, or turn off your cell phones, we'd appreciate it. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Mayor Fernandez. Present. Vice Mayor Boniz. Here. Commissioner Lehman. Present. Commissioner Corey. Present. Commissioner Kaye. Here. You have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. If we could please all stand for a brief prayer and followed by the pledge. <coughs> Madam Vice Mayor, will you lead us in a prayer? Yes. Father God, we thank you for your kindness in bringing us all together today. As we begin, Lord, help us keep your word in mind, lead us into conversations that are fruitful and enrich the lives of those who are here today. When we're undecided, please lead us in your wisdom. When our opinions may disagree, help us to remain respectful to one another. More than anything, Lord, would you help us both to seek your will and pursue your glory through all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Commissioner Kaya, will you lead us in the pledge, please? Pledge allegiance to the, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please be seated. <coughs> Madam Clerk, I believe we have some presentations this evening? Yes, we have two presentations. Great. Mr. Director, would you like to come forward, please? Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commissioners. As you are aware, the city offers award-winning cheer and tackle football programs for youth. These future stars learn the fundamentals of cheer and tackle football with an emphasis on sportsmanship, education, safety, teamwork, and fun. I stand before you to acknowledge our champions in the chambers. Before doing so, I would like to thank all program participants for a great 2023 season. I also would like to give a special thank you to all cheer and football volunteer coaches, as well as our team moms and dads. Our football and cheer programs are heavily run by dedicated volunteers who support the development and well-being of the youth in the community. These, these amazing members make our program great by bringing their expertise, passion, and commitment to various aspects of the program. There are four teams I would like to acknowledge this evening. Please stand up when your team is announced. Photos will be taken at the conclusion of the presentation. For the 2023 season, the prep cheer team, led by head coach Shaquille Toomer, placed first place in the Miami Extreme competition and second place at the Orange Bowl competition. The pro cheer team, led by head coach Latoya Williams, placed first place in both the Miami Extreme competition and Orange Bowl competition. <laughs> now for our young men, led by head coach Joseph Rodriguez, our AU football team finished with a regular season record of 7-2 and 3-0 and in the playoffs to win the 2023 Miami Extreme Super Bowl Championship. <laughs> Led by head coach Jonte Ellis, the 12U football team finished with a regular season record of 
and went 3-0 in the playoffs to win the 2023 Miami Extreme Super Bowl Championship. Now this is long overdue. I would like to take a moment to publicly recognize our football and chair commissioner, Mr. Johnny Ziegler, and assistant commissioners Laquana Williams and Tammy Toomer for their commitment. <laughs> for their commitment and dedication every season. Collectively, they assist my department with overseeing and managing the football and chair programs. <laughs> Some of their duties entail program alignment with the department's goals and any applicable rules and regulations, assist with volunteer recruitment and program communication, assist with scheduling and logistics for practices, games, equipment, and uniforms, attend league meetings, practices, and games, and assist with resolving disputes or conflicts. These three key members assist us tremendously and play various roles in assuring the success and organization of the cheer and football programs. I would like to invite Johnny Ziegler, our football and chair commissioner, to come up and share a few words. Good afternoon, fellas. Good afternoon. I want to take a moment to thank all my parents for making it possible for us to be able to go get up on the parents that's always there. Real quick, uh, we always preach about education and be student athletes. We have two young ladies that excel that in our program. Not only they done that, um, they went on to one to already have a scholarship in college and one got promoted, never promoted in high school where she'll be a senior now. She was a sophomore. She got 12th grade. We would like to acknowledge them they, uh, right now. Kiara Moss. ladies find time out their busy schedule with their books and how to come back and train these young ladies uh, a, a part of their time through their sports and their cheer program also as well. We like to present y'all with a gift bag, a gift bag and some flowers and say thank you, y'all. Well done and good luck in your future. Thank, thank you. you. Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, um, if I can ask you to come down, I'd like to take some photos with the team. Sure, absolutely. All right, so starting with our young ladies, can the prep chair team, along with their head coach and assistant coaches, come up?
Next up, can the 8U football team come up? Head coaches and assistant coaches. Everybody look. I want more. Everybody smile. Perfect. 
Good job, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Last but not least, 12U. 12U football team head coach, assistant coaches. That concludes my presentation. Thank you all. Mr. Director, Quentin. Quentin. Before the commissioner goes, can you bring him up for a second? You bring the commissioner up for a second. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Sunshine Court. Hey, Johnny. He's over here, Keith. Where's he at? Johnny. You want them to stay? Yeah, they can stay. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh, it's all right. It's all good. Cookie, right? It's pretty much healthy. Commissioner, thank you for rounding everyone back up. I just want to take a couple of seconds to say, uh, one, my personal congratulations. I, uh, I grew up playing football 14 years. Grew up on the west side of Tamiami Park, but uh, I remember playing the Great Ghost as a kid. 
also coaching against you guys a couple years ago, and you, gave, you showed us no mercy. So congrats again. I'm not surprised to, to, to be in this chamber filled with two teams that brought it home this past year. And, and to the coaches uh, who were instrumental in my life, and to you gentlemen, I know many of you have been coaching for a very long time. Commissioner, you in particular, I wanted to say thank you for the selfless dedication. You don't do this for money. You don't do this for glory. You do this really for the kids. And as one of those kids, I want to say thank you to all of you for uh, all the time, energy, and effort you put in. If we can give those gentlemen and the moms as well who helped carry the team around of applause. I just want to make sure we didn't, didn't let the evening go without acknowledging all of you. And, and I wanted to close with this question to you, Commissioner, which is how can we help? Because this program has a very long and storied history in the city. Uh, we have a partnership with, with you all. Uh, we run it together. I certainly want to build on the success you had and, and kind of elevate the program further. So I, you know, welcome the chance. If you have some thoughts you want to share with this board while you have us here, while we're celebrating this moment, maybe you can put out a couple of your wish list requests and because uh, I certainly would love to hear them. Man, uh, the best thing is keep supporting them, acquainting them, the department with finances for us to be able to do what we need to do for these kids in and out to make sure they safe, they look good. We like to look good, so we got. Yeah, and I, you I, look good. I gotta say, you do look I good. Look the swag good. is the swag so, is on point today. So, so uh, I'm already letting you know I, I need some new uniforms for cheering football this year. Okay. So I, I need to make sure y'all make that free for Quentin. Okay. Uh, we'll be starting. Uh, me and John already uh, waiting on some quotes right now. Uh, moving forward, I don't like last minute wait for stuff. Like I say, I've been I've been around this year 26 for me. Um, How many coaches yours have coached more than 10 years in the program? If you stand up just to cut. <laughs> Moms? Well, I'm 53. I've been here 40 years. Wow. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's extraordinary. I mean, because most people, I mean, I coached my son, and I knew what a sacrifice that was, right? But a lot of, a lot of you are doing it beyond your children. So thank you for what you do. We, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. We grew up cheering and playing, and now we're giving back to our community. Thank you. Thank you. We have a lot of dedicated coaches. That's what I've heard, so... Commissioner, just for my part, I want to say if there's something we can do, you know, yes. with uniforms, money, support, you know, yes. don't hesitate to call. Quentin knows how to reach me. Let's get together and talk at the beginning of the year because I want to figure out how we can help elevate all of you Thank and the work you, you do. do. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good night. While we're waiting, can I get a, a, do you hear me? Can I get a motion on the approval of the minutes of December 5th, 2023? I, I propose we move them forward. To second. I get a motion by Commissioner Bonich, a second by Commissioner Corey. Uh, if we can call the roll on that item, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Lehman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Minutes past five. Zero. Great, thank you. Once the chamber clears, Commissioner Lehman, I'll recognize you, sir. Huh? Okay. Thank you. Okay, Madam Clerk, do we have any other presentations? No. Yeah. Commissioner Lieben, did you want to be recognized? Well, certainly, if you'd like me to introduce Alvaro 
but I could share why he's here. Sure, absolutely, please, sir. Go ahead. Floor's yours. So, um, uh, th thank, thank you, Mayor. And by the way, Mayor, the great ghost must not have beaten you too bad because your remarks were very gracious and generous and thoughtful. No, they so, they they they, they um, kicked our rear end, but that's okay. <laughs> they deserved it. <laughs> so um, tonight, I uh, I asked Alvaro to to come present to us regarding DRP, which us common folks is known as the the Porsche vent. I'd love to be the have the South Miami title, but um, uh, Alvaro has met with the city manager. And he's he's met with uh, Yvette, and or at least communicate with Quinter Parks and Rec Department. They're not they don't have all the information they need. And um, Alvaro's event is a three day event this year, the nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first of January. Being that our commission meets on the sixteenth, you know time won't allow for approval any other way. Um, in terms of Alvaro, he's a personal friend. I've been a client of his on many occasions, and. Um, he produced, he brought, a, and I helped court the Porsche event or bring the Porsche event to South Miami, which I can't substantiate. You can ask any of our merchants. It's by far uh, the best economic driver in terms of events we have. And maybe the only one, because if you speak to the merchants, not the restaurants necessarily, but the merchants, they lose money during this, these events. To Alvaro's credit, at heart, he's really a VW person. He, he started with the Volks Blast and, um, learned about producing car events but that's where he really developed a niche for himself in the porsche community globally and the south miami porsche event was either the third just in its first or actually in its second year was the fourth third or fourth largest event nationally the first was in is in myrtle beach second in la thirds in texas i believe it's in dallas but all that to say although i everything is positive there are problems with organization and uh you know executing last minute that said, as you know, to the end user, they always witness a, or they always experience a great event. And this year, the majority of the event will be in, in Sunset Place, and Sunset Place hopes to sign a long-term contract to retain that that event. So, um, yeah. With that said, I asked Alvaro to come and speak to the commission and see if the commission's open to, um, you know, having the city uh, having Alvaro use some of our streets because the event will extend. Um, beyond Sunset Place in terms of what's being proposed. Thank you, Commissioner, for the introduction. Sir, here anyone ask for the record, please. Good, good evening, uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, uh, Commissioner. Uh, thank you for having me tonight. I'm gonna pass a quick introduction to you. Thank you, sir. Again, thank you um, for having me tonight. Thank you, Josh, for the last minute um, scheduling. Um, as, uh, as mentioned earlier, um, we started this event uh, nine years ago. We've held the event in South Miami for the first six years. Um, unfortunately, the event was moved uh, due to COVID and, and, and the obvious happenings. Um, we're very excited. Um, to, to be back. Uh, we're very excited with the support uh, from the folks at Sunset Place uh, on hosting us. Uh, and again, the, the approach is not only to have a great event um, this coming January, but to become a staple for future events in South Miami. Um, as said, uh, I think 
the economic impact has been great. Uh, the, the demographics, the crowd, uh, the feedback has always been very supportive. Uh, the city has been extremely supportive through our growing pains, which um, we, we're, we're happy to say that things aren't completely ironed out, but we have a staff and a team that now expands outside of our, our family core and, and enthusiasts. Uh, so we're, we're pleased to, to, you know, to come back. Uh, we're looking to activate uh, from the 19th to the 21st. Uh, we're looking to close Sunset from 57th Avenue to 58th Court on 58th Avenue on Friday, Thursday night through Sunday. Um, we're expecting uh, probably 750 Porsches, uh, close to 20,000 people. Um, and, uh, and again, I think it's going to be the beginning of, of the new phase for, for the event in South Miami. Thank you. Any questions? Colleagues? Jakaya, you recognized. Thank you for coming. I, you know, I think that I had been working down the pipelines trying to figure out how we can get in touch before. I'm, I'm glad Josh, Commissioner Lehman, got in touch with you. Um, I'm not really sure what happened and how you left and went to where you were last year because I went to the event. Um, it was a great event, by the way. I'm happy that you guys want to come back. I'm assuming it's the whole, It's the, no, there's no split ups. It's the same oh same, absolutely it's a, every, everybody's oh, yeah. coming back right 100 percent. yeah yes. I'm, I'm i'm happy that you're back thank you appreciate it further questions none Just, uh, mr manager have you had a chance to review their operational plan and no sir not yet i know uh, our parks director have been in some uh, early conversation and uh, i spoke with commissioner Lieben a little bit about it so obviously um, we wanted to get these details um, because depending on um, if there requires any commission action, it would have to come January 16th, which is very close to the event. So um, the, though there's a lot of conversation to be had on how, the, how this would roll okay. out um, uh, as of yet. <clears throat> Great, thank you for the clarification. Uh, Mr. Rodriguez, from my perspective, I'd love to support the event. I think at this time, probably appropriate for us to give you direction to bring back an item on the 16th for any necessary fee waivers or other authorizations in order to facilitate the event on the 20th and 21st of January, Mr. Manager, is that correct? Okay. Yeah, if needed, and okay. once we get the details, so we'll bring something back if needed. Okay, sounds good. Uh, any objections to that direction? Seeing none, we look forward to seeing you here at the beginning of next year, and we'll uh, happily take a vote on it on the 16th formally, if needed. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank Have you. Have a good evening. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Josh. Oh, sorry, Josh. Uh, Commissioner Lieben, my apologies. I'm so used to looking to my left and seeing you there. Thank you. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to be made a U.S. the city manager when I originally into my hand, but I was going to say that's why I asked Alvaro to come to get direction from the commission or the commission for the commission to give city manager direction. But um, I don't know if there's any question Alvaro has. We'd like to think it's going to pass, but that's certainly last minute. That's three days before the event or two, considering we meet at night on the 16th. Um, is there anything Alvaro Rodriguez needs to know now? It's a month I, away. No, I, I, I mean, my, yeah, Commissioner Guy Agord had something. No, Mayor, thank you. I, I think that we just got to work out the details operationally on the street closures. I mean, we've, I don't think we've ever had street closures that long. So it's something that we're going to have to work on and, and figure out a plan for that. Do you, I mean, now that you're still here, why do we need to close the streets at night? I mean, the cars, are they planning to be parked there the whole time? We're activating cars uh, 
as early as uh, Friday for the Friday night event. And then Friday to Saturday overnight, do they take the cars home and bring them back or they're just you're leaving them there? There's gonna be a grouping of cars that's gonna stay activated. Is it possible to have a, a staging area that we can stage them there overnight and then bring them back in? Is that feasible? The event, although it opens at 10, from 10 to 5, actual foot traffic, uh, vehicles come in between 6.30 and 7. So the reality is the idea of trying to clear the, the streets before 7 in the morning is just not feasible. We've tried it in the past, um, and it's just not, not realistic. Yeah, I, my only observation on the times, if I had a question operationally, was probably on the back end for Sunday. Mm -hmm. Since the festival closes at 4, I know we're planning to keep it open till, you know, we're closed till. 11.59, if there, how much time after the event closes at four would you need to kind of disassemble normally, and clear the street? Normally we clear uh, the, the street activations within a couple hours. Yeah, so I, ideally, I think the only, the only thing I would like to see when this comes back, um, and again, happy to support it in, in any iteration, would be to see if we can clear the street well before midnight on Sunday so we can at least try to get folks back into our town center for, you know, an early evening dinner on Sunday, which I know is important to our restaurateurs. Sure. Thanks. And, and just to be clear, we're only closing Sunset directly in front of uh, sunset, sunset Place. place. Okay, so understood. So the rest of Sunset to US-1 is open. Okay. And all the crossroads are also open. Perfect. So it's a pretty limited closure. Great. Thank you. Any With that, uh, I think we've given direction to the manager. Mr. Manager, are you clear on what we want to see? Great. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you again on the 16th. Commissioner Liebman, thank you for bringing forward the item. We appreciate it. Looking thank forward you. to it. Thank you. Okay, uh, Mr. Manager, you're recognized for your report, please. Our Deputy Manager is going to present. Madam Deputy Manager, the floor is yours. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. You too? <laughs> we share a birthday. We share a birthday. Um, big congratulations to the city's finance department on once again being awarded the GFOA certificate of achievement in uh, for excellence in financial reporting for fiscal year 22 so congratulations to our CFO Alfredo River on his team on that um, as far as events go the next event that the city is hosting is the MLK freedom breakfast that's at Dean Willis Park uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on January 15th Last year was a great event, so we invite everybody to come out and join us this year as well, or next year, 2024. Um, as far as garbage is concerned, since Christmas and New Year's Day are both on Monday, there will be no garbage collection on those days for residents. Monday's route is going to be collected Tuesday. Tuesday's route is going to be collected on Wednesday, with Thursday and Friday remaining on regular schedule. Aside from the regular manager's report, we are excited to introduce our newest hire, so I will go right to left. We have our human resources and risk manager, Jasmine Gonzalez. Um, Jasmine's first day was yesterday. She has a bachelor's from FIU and a master's from Nova Southeastern University. She's also a human resources certified professional through the International Public Management Association. She's been at the town of Cutler Bay for the last 12 years, where she most recently was the administrative services director, where she had direct oversight over all of their HR functions. So welcome, Jasmine. To her right is Samantha Lujan. Her first day was last Monday. She's our community affairs manager. 
She brings a diverse background in marketing, social media, event coordination, community outreach. She also has a master's um, in marketing from FIU, and she's going to be working on several initiatives, including community outreach with um, a specific emphasis on our town center businesses, and she's also going to be support for our communication and marketing efforts. To her right is Brandon Diaz. He's our communications and marketing manager. He also started yesterday. Um, he has bo worked both in the private and public uh, sector um, and has his master's in marketing from FIU as well. Um, he worked at the town of Miami Lakes as a marketing and digital specialist. We have already bombarded him with a ton of projects. You saw him taking photos earlier. We're excited to see our communications grow within the city and outside the city, so welcome. That's the end of the manager's report. Happy holidays to you all. Thank you, Madam Manager, well done. And, happy and welcome again. happy birthday to our city manager. Yeah, happy birthday, Chip. <laughs> Mr. City Attorney, you're recognized. Thank oh, you, Mayor. I'm sorry, if you can put a hold on that. Commissioner Levin, I'm sorry, you're recognized yes. again. Thank you so much. Just of course, you can join me, wanna wish our our city manager, now we know our de deputy city manager, a very happy birthday. South Miami just set another record for those of you who do not know. Uh, our two immediate previous city managers both shared the same birthday. And now our current manager and deputy city manager and future city manager share the same birthday as well. So again, that just goes to show you how special South Miami is and what a special place it is to work. So I wanna welcome our new, all of our new team members aboard. Look forward to meeting you personally. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for contributing to making South Miami a pleasant place to live. Thank you, Commissioner. With that, uh, Mr. City Attorney, you're recognized. Thank you, Mayor. Just one item to, to discuss with you all, and that's the, uh, the McCormick litigation um, that had already gone to the, uh, the Third District Court of Appeals. Um, just to give you some context, we were roped into this uh, because we uh, authorized, um, and actually it was a requirement, uh, as part of a, 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 a redevelopment of certain residential lots that are across the street from a re, from a, an office building, okay? The office building fronts on 57th Avenue. This was to the west of that. Um, they were required several years ago to put in a landscape buffer along the rear of the office building property. Um, that landscape buffer was put in. The office uh, building owner sued. Uh, and roped us into this litigation. And um, uh, unfortunately, it's still, still been ongoing, okay? Uh, your, your previous city attorney did, did a very good job of defending this. Um, I, I wanna give him kudos uh, to that effect. Um, you know, from, from our perspective, it was a very clear case. The city was in the right uh, the entire time. Uh, we believe the third district thought the same thing. Um, but there has been an offer of settlement, I guess, made between, uh, between the office building uh, they have offered, um, and the parties have discussed it, and what they've proposed is would be a, a, a tri-party tri settlement where we, we would be involved. We would not owe anything or pay anything, but we would have to eat whatever fees we had previously paid, which the city has already paid those fees, um, and they would recognize the city's um, authority uh, over the right-of-way and the authority to put in landscaping within the right-of-way um, and to have other parties put it in and it would recognize that what is already in there is a, uh, you know, meets the, the code um, and they would drop all, uh, all suits against the, uh, 
the city and recognize that the city has not abandoned the right of way in any in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's basically the extent of it. So I, I I put this in front of you to try to get you know um, I'm not bringing the settlement back formally to you unless I have some indication that that something like that is palatable or if there would be uh, any kind of conditions to make it more palatable that then I could bring something back to you if assuming they they would agree. Questions of the city attorney. Mr. Kaya, you recognize. What are the fees, just so we know, the sunken fees that we would have in there, just, just for? I, I don't know what the previous uh, city attorney's fees were for, for, for this um, aspect of it. I think from our end, it was it's under $5,000, and it was just the preparation and the argument before the, uh, the Third District Court of Appeal. Do we assume that the previous city attorney was charging for a large, for a I, large amount of time? I, 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 the briefs that that the that uh, Mr. Pepe filed were pretty extensive. I assume he put a lot of work into it, you know. I but I don't I don't have any indication as to how much uh, the city paid for that. It's a related question. We we uh, we we don't have a legal. We're not entitled, or we cannot pursue legal fees if, in fact, we prevail. In, in this, this is not so that we, kind of situation. We're not able to recover legal fees even if we uh, prevail at the third district. So just wanted to put that out there for consideration. Uh, unless there's no other questions, I do have one other question. Anybody have questions? What are the what are the homeowners? Do we have any sense of what they are they inclined to do? Are they inclined to want to settle, accept this offer of settlement, or I, do they I, want to press on? I get the sense that they are inclined to want to settle to, to put this behind them. I, I, you know, colleagues from my course, from my point of view, if if the homeowners are inclined to settle, I think we should just resolve the matter and let them have some peace. I know they've been at this for at least a couple of years. Uh, it's unfortunate that we've had all of our time and money wasted, but um, uh, you know we're we're only in this because they they were they were uh, their, our order was challenged in this regard, and they've had to unfortunately bear the financial cost of that. I don't I frankly don't want to continue the litigation if it's going to impose a continuing burden on them. So, uh, with that, by way of direction, any other thoughts on the subjects, Commissioner Liebman? I know you've you've been following this for a few years now. I think the I think the sentiment is let's get this behind us, particularly if the homeowners want to settle. Fair fair summary. I'm glad to your point. I'm glad that this commission hasn't. So I'm I'm glad to you go. Right. Okay. Anything else for us, sir? That's all I have. Thank, Thank you for your report. We appreciate Thank it. You. Uh, Madam City Attorney, uh, City Clerk, do we have anyone uh, register for vulgar remarks at this time? If you'd like to speak uh, on any matter before this commission, please come forward at this time. We're opening the floor for public remarks. Okay. Mr. John, oh, Mr. McCants, floor is yours. Good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commissioners, and City Manager, Attorneys, and City Clerk. Um, I, I wanted to put the idea out there um, on uh, honoring two uh, African-American women um, of stature uh, during the month of black history. Those two women are Dr. Anna Price and Dr. George Price, okay? Um, everybody knows Dr. Anna Price is the only African-American mayor that this city has ever had. So I wanted to have you think about it, talk about it. How could we honor her and, you know, give her flowers while she's still here? 
Dr. George Price is the only one in my era that has been a committed uh, community leader for almost 70 years. She sits on various boards all around the county. She heads up boards here in South Miami. And she's a power horse, and she is respected by a lot of people. Going back to Dr. Anna Price and her tenure at University of Miami, where she helped mentor, coach a lot of pro football players, a lot of players that have not made it, and a lot of you women that have been through her program. And she's an ordained pastor, and she's well known. So I, just an idea, talking with most of the people in the community, it would be nice to honor both of these women at the same time. Give them flowers, you know? Let's do something that's grand for someone that's living here. So I just wanted to put that out there, everybody. Thank you for your thoughts, we appreciate okay. them. Right. Uh, Mr. John Edward Smith, you're recognized. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of the commission, John Edward Smith, a resident and business owner in South Miami. What an exciting evening tonight. These gray ghosts would just lit up the room and having Alvaro come before you and talk about the proposed uh, Porsche event, uh, that is very exciting. Um, I'm here to present some other exciting news and that is our newly designed and with content, our SOMI guide is here for distribution and um, the city clerk has copies for the commission and we've already distributed to the, uh, to the city administration as well. Uh, I was gonna be talking about item MA on the agenda, which was the Porsche event, um, but that's already been called for and I just wanna add my comments on that. Uh, for the six years that the Porsche event has been in South Miami, or had been in South Miami, it was a crowd pleaser, it's great for the local businesses, and it was superb. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge with that is the exceptional support given by uh, Alex Videa at the Shops at Sunset. Uh, I met Alvaro coming out of Alex's office a couple weeks ago, and he said, I've got good news for you, and I said, I hope it is what you're gonna tell me, and it, it certainly is that the Porsche event is coming back. Uh, Mr. Vidia has been very supportive of events in South Miami, coming into South Miami, since I first spoke with him about the sounds of Somi. Uh, he was the first one to step up and said, let me know whatever you need and he will be also supporting our second Saturdays in SOMI, which will be coming up uh, February, March, and April in, in a few months. And with that being said, wish you all a very happy and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Oh, and welcome to the new team here. I, I look forward to working with you all in communications. That's awesome. <laughs> Madam Clerk, is there anyone online who'd like to speak? If there's anyone online, please raise your virtual hand and would like to speak. I don't see any. Seeing none, we'll close public remarks at this time. I'm going to 
colleagues skip over commission reports. So we can take those up last. Uh, are there any items on the consent agenda anyone would like to pull at this time? Commissioner Lieben, you're recognized. Sorry, I'm not going to pull it. We'll save time, but I'd be remiss if I didn't make a comment. Uh, the expense for number four, who knows how you feel about that ability drive of 150000 but not. I'm, I'm, uh, why, don't we, why don't we pull it for short discussion, uh, sir? If that's no, okay. That's okay. I'm not going to pull it in support for our uh, senior advocate on the on the commission and support of our vice mayor. So, but I had to voice that you know I feel on buses and transportation and, and that expense um, it's a big number. So that's it. Thank you for indulging me. Not a problem. Anyone else? Any item? Is there a motion then on the consent agenda? I need to read them. You need to read them, please. Please read items one through five then. Yes, item one, a resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida approving and authorizing the purchase of NetMotion software subscription from Insight Public Sector, Inc., an amount not to exceed $7,524.56 for 2024. Item two, a resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida approving and authorizing the purchase and installation of two locking bar pool heaters for the Murray Park Aquatic Center from Commercial Energy Specialist LLC in amount not to exceed $19,988.88, declaring the existing pool heaters as surplus and authorizing the city manager to sell or otherwise dispose of the same in accordance with Section 2-4.7 of the City Code. Item 3, a resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami approving and authorizing a waiver of certain event-related fees and costs in amount of $2,588 pursuant to section 15B-6 of the city code for a special event known as Unity Festival presented by South Miami Black Culture Affairs Foundation to be held on February 24, 2024 at Murray Park. Item four, a resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida approving and authorizing the purchase of a 2025 4E 450-acre line cutaway bus and related start trans Senators to equipment and installation services from Duval Ford LLC pursuant to Bradford County Sheriff's Office contract number BCSO 22-27-1.0 and amount not to exceed $146,612.01 I mean declaring the existing vehicle as surplus property and authorizing the city manager to sell or otherwise dispose of the same in accordance with section 2.4 Point seven of the city code. Item five, a resolution of the Mayor City Commission of the City of South Miami authorizing the purchase and installation of two scoreboards for the Gibson Bethel Community Center basketball gymnasium from Gulfstream Athletic Supply Inc. in amount not to exceed $14,400, declaring the existing scoreboard as surplus property and authorizing the city manager to sell or otherwise dispose of the same in accordance with Section 2 4.7 of the city code. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Is it? Thank you, Madam Clerk. Is there a motion items one through five? I move the consent agenda items. Thank you, sir. Second. We have a motion by Commissioner Corey and a second by Commissioner Kaye. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonnie? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Consent passed five zero. Great. Uh, just to quickly poll uh, my colleagues, are there any questions on items seven, nine, or ten on today's agenda? Seven is the uh, agreement for the Corino Group. Nine is the second reading of the Home Garage Supplemental Regulations, which we passed last time. And 10 is a modification to the code to allow for mobile vendors in certain locations downtown. I have comments on 10. Okay, fair enough. So 
Um, if Madam Clerk, if you could read item seven, please. Item seven. A resolution of the Mayor's City Commission of the City of South Hampton approving a proposal and project agreement with Corradina Group Inc. to extend the scope of downtown planning study for the hometown district, US 1 expansion area, and other citywide non residential parcels in amount not to exceed $82,500. Thank you for that. Uh, any questions on item seven? Seeing none, is there a motion on item seven? I move the item. I'll second. Wait, Commissioner Liebman, I saw your hand go up. You have a question on item seven, sir? You're, you're muted, sir. Uh, no, but Mayor, can you can you just, um, for public's benefit, can you just quickly explain the item? Yeah, I'll, I'll let the manager do that. I think he'll probably do a better job okay. than I could. So, Mr. Manager, could you explain item seven briefly for the benefit of the public that's watching? Certainly. Um, in November of uh, 15th, 2022, the City Commission had um, authorized an agreement with the Cordino Group uh, to conduct a planning study and take a look at our land development code. and um, Their work uh, requires uh, additional time and, and, and expansive of work given the comprehensive plan items that have been identified. So this agreement allows that work to continue uh, to have deliverables uh, for these changes. Obviously, it's a, a rewrite uh, of uh, portions of our city as it relates to the land development code. Some of this have to go to the state for comments and then come back to you um, for final approval. And so this agreement extends their work, uh, also extends the scope a little bit uh, with the area just south of uh, the Avalon Bay project uh, as uh, requested uh, by the commission and Commissioner Liebman. And um, so the agreement takes us into uh, third quarter of uh, 2024 for them to complete their work. Okay, what's, uh, the, what's the amount of the extension? Uh, time or? or uh, monetary. Monetary, up to $82,500. Okay, thank you for that. Any further questions, Commissioner Liebman? No, thank okay. you very much. You're welcome, sir. Anyone else? Can I have a motion on M7, please? I move the item. We have a motion by Commissioner Liebman, a second by Commissioner Kaye. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corrin? Yes. Um, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? John, don't get it. Sorry, folks, we've been hacked earlier this evening and had some rather nasty video shown on our prior Zoom feed. So if you see some of that in the background, I think we're trying to combat uh, someone to try and get into the room to uh, rebroadcast stuff we don't need to <laughs> air on the public airwaves, for sure. Yeah, so. yeah. Great, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we, we left off on Vice Mayor Bonish in your roll yes. call. Yes. And Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes 5-0. Thank you. Um, can I get a motion on item 9 after you read it? Read the ordinance. Item 9. This is a public hearing. Correct. An ordinance of the City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, amending Article 2, Definitions, Section 2.3, Definitions, and Article 3, Zoning Regulations, Sections 3.6, Supplemental Regulations to address home garages. Thank you. This is a public hearing item. Anyone wishing to address item 9 on tonight's agenda, please come forward at this time. Seeing no one in the chamber, Madam Clerk, is there anyone online who would like to address item nine on tonight's agenda? No, everybody, they're, they work, they're workers here. So they're okay, great. So seeing no one online, we will close uh, the public hearing. Uh, is there a motion on item nine or are there any questions on item nine before we move forward? Okay, can I get a motion on item nine, please? Move the motion. 
Second. We have a motion by Commissioner Kaye and a second by Commissioner Corey. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 5-0. Thank you for your support of that item, colleagues. Okay, that leaves us three uh, items for discussion, item 6, 8, and 10. And given that we have folks here on item 8, uh, without objection, I'd like to take that up at this time. Madam Clerk, if you could read uh, item 8 for the record, please. Yes, item 8. In ordinance of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Main Florida approving a franchise agreement with American Waste Systems, LLC, to lease a portion of the city-owned property located outside the city's jurisdiction at 4795 Southwest 75th Avenue for the operation of an indoor waste processing and loading facility, authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute a franchise agreement relating to the lease of the property. Thank you for reading that item. This is a public hearing item, so at this time we will open the floor for public, uh, public remarks. If there's anyone like this address item eight on this agenda, please come forward. Sir, your name and address to the record, please. Yes, sir. Mr. Mayor, uh, Madam Vice Mayor, members of the commission, my name is Grant Smith. I'm here representing Waste Connections. Waste Connections is a public company with over 25,000 employees and over $8 billion in annual revenue. As you know, my client sent a letter to the commission about two weeks ago expressing their interest in this matter. I have several points I'd like to address. In order for you to get the full value out of this property, there should be a procurement process, a process that would lay out the expectations of the city and that what the city expects and what the city wants to earn from this property. There is nothing in the agenda backup today that indicates what American is offering to pay you is in line with the market at all. There's nothing in the, in the agenda for that. You are voting on a lease, a lease that would be signed after tonight. And if they hit certain milestones, it would continue for 50 years. Nothing but good can come from competition. Let me provide an example. The economics of this transaction have changed since the last meeting to this meeting. For example, your base rent that they were willing to pay you went up only $600. However, your additional rent went down to a flat dollar, whereas before it was a tiered system at $1.20 or $1.25 and then $1.50. So automatically the city is going to be losing money if there is more volume going through this. Additionally, your annual base rent escalation which in the previous edition was at 4% um, per year, is now 5% once every 10 years. And even though the backup says it, there is no possible ex escalation for an audit or a, a uh, appraisal of the property should that happen and come up. In order for this plan to be viable, there needs to be clarity from the county. There is no clarity from the county at the moment. They voted to design a burner, but they don't have a place for it, and they, they have not finished their process. The only way this would be successful is if the bondholders allow a transfer station to accept waste from, from other places and not the burner. And now I'm almost done. In contrast to American, Waste Connections has been operating a local transfer station right here up the street in Hialeah for many decades. It has years of experience working with Miami-Dade County, not only in the waste industry, but in the 
permitting industry and facilities. We're an integral part of the county system currently. Waste Connections has its own railway business. We currently do train waste, not out of Miami-Dade County, but around the country. But most importantly, Waste Connections has final disposal and landfill, something which is distinct from anybody participating today. We have landfills both in the state and out of the state. Again, nothing but good can come from competition. We respectfully request that this process be opened up to a public procurement whereby qualified companies can submit proposals for this valuable piece of property. Thank you for your comments. Commissioner Lieben, you have a question. Yes, uh, Mr. Mayor, may I, I know it's not a traditional, but may I ask the speaker a question? Sure, go right ahead. You're recognized. Sir. Thank you. And sir, I'm sorry, I, I did not catch your name. Grant you, just a Smith. simple question. Grant, thank you. I, I appreciate your interest and I appreciate your remarks. And I'm just curious, I know your group has known about this for a long time, and this was an unsolicited offer. The city could handle any number of ways, right? One of which is an RFP, but there was nothing stopping your firm from issuing a competitive offer. I'm just curious why your firm did not. Well, I, Commissioner Lehman, thank you very much for the question. Um, we only learned about this two weeks ago, literally like the day or two before the last meeting. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is, as you may know, um, and I'm not sure where to look, so I'm, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm not looking He's not going right to take any offense. It's fine. As long as you know. answer his questions, you'll be fine. So, um, <laughs> it's just the voice of God. Just pretend, you know. Just. <laughs> the omniscient. Um, but the, the answer to the question is these things take time, not only in an internal process, in, in doing pro formas to, to understand the financials of this, but in the discussions with the, with the railway. Um, I happen to know that, that at least since October, that um, American was engaging with your city, and I believe they were engaging with the county before that. But we didn't know that until this came up um, in the last in the last agenda. So there just hasn't been enough time for us to evaluate, especially since railways are notoriously slow. Um, we do have relationships with the railways all over the country, um, but they are notoriously slow. And this group had a huge time advantage. And for us to come in and do something meaningful, we just need time to do that. Thank you. I, I understand. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mayor. I'm sorry, Mr. one more question. Mr. Lehman, go right ahead. Thank you. And, and valid response. So my, my next question to you is, is you do have similar contracts. How does this contract compare to similar contracts you have, either in Hialeah or other parts of the you know, the, the next, the next uh, nearest contract? Commissioner Lehman, just to clarify, because I, I want to make sure we're, we're comparing apples to apples. Do, are, you, are you asking about comparable lease agreements with municipalities for the use of public land, or what, what, what's the nature of your contract you're inquiring about? Yes, well... Sorry, well, I want the, to make sure that Mr. Smith can give you a, a kind of a direct answer. Sorry. Well, the, the, the speaker was, was already questioning the contract, implying that it could receive a better contract. So I'm curious how similar contracts would, would compare based on his comments about this contract. Yeah, so the, the uniqueness of this property is the rail um, being on the rail. That's, that's number one. Um, number two, there are instances, and so there's not a lot of instances where we here in South Florida rent land from other people. We own nearly everything that we're on. Um, and so we do rent hauling yards, which are different than transfer stations. 
Um, and the, 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 it's really something that needs to be looked at in terms of the access to the rail, the cost of the rail, the amount of the disposal fees, the hauling charges, the, the, the transportation charges, where is this going? And so the answer to your question is we just need to evaluate it to be able to say whether that is good. I believe, and I believe our management has, has said to me, but I not believe they have said to me, they have said to me that because of the significant infrastructure we already have here, and because of the business that we already have here and the relationships and the business, um, as opposed to the American, which has no business here, uh, they do believe they would be able to make a better offer. But, uh, but we just need the time to work through that process. Mr. Lieben, thank any further you. questions? Thank you. No, thank you, and thank you, Mr. Kai, uh, Mr. Smith, I don't think you're going off the hook quite yet. I think uh, my colleague has a question for you as well. And, and I've spoken to, you know, Waste, waste Connections uh, numerous times now, you know, try to understand what, what's the best option for the city. Yes, sir. And I just wanted to make clear, so Waste Connections uses rail currently. Is that fact? We do, not out of South Florida, but we do rail in other parts of the country. But not in Florida? Correct. Okay. So... Is that, I, I just never understood in, in all my communications why that was, I mean, knowing the issues that the Miami-Dade County is having from a waste perspective, why is it that rail was never proposed from a company as big as yours to fully understand and, and help uh, export a lot of the trash and then well, to help facilitate a lot of the issues that we're having in the county? Well, we, we, we are helping, um, it, but it's not rail. Uh, our current yard we have a rail that runs beside us, but the spur doesn't come in, and it's not something that we've activated. Um, Sorry, if you, if you could just fucking piggyback on this question. When you say your current yard, are you referring to the Medley yard that I'm familiar with? No, no, Hialeah. Hialeah, okay. So we have a transfer station in Hialeah. It's okay. on 37th Court. Okay, that's the um, one I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, it's right, uh, it's along the rail that runs sort of uh, north-south that is um, just north of Miami Airport, kind of the Home Depot, I think, right there and whatnot. Um, but, but we have been assisting the county. We assist the county in, in two ways. Number one, the county is bringing trucks to us right now to our transfer station to alleviate the burden on some other transfer stations and, and the other landfills, number one. Well, I'm sorry, number one, stay there real quick. Where is that trash going? Right now? Yes. Well, where, the, where are you getting from the county? Where is that trash going? That tr from our transfer station, it's going to our landfill at Jed, which is in St. Cloud. St. Cloud. Okay. Via, tr via truck, correct? Via truck. Okay. Via truck. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, and then we also opened up what's called air, in our industry, it's called airspace. And airspace is just uh, the, the amount of the, the height that you can make the landfill. That's airspace. And so we've opened up an additional um, airspace for the county. And we are assisting the county because with the additional airspace that we committed to them um, a few months ago, they were able to, they have requirements by the state where the state says you have to have a certain amount of disposal available for a certain amount of time before you're allowed to um, uh, issue additional uh, development permits. And I don't remember what that concept is called. Yeah, it's, it's, it's concurrency. concurrency. Concurrency in terms of... Uh, so, so we help them. Um, by opening up this airspace to give them additional concurrency so that they can continue to do their development orders. And so we have been helping in the way that we can help, but rail is something that we have been investigating for quite some time out of South Florida. And, um, and, and so 
we do have the capability and the, and the expertise locally to do that. Okay. No, okay. for the question? No, I just yeah. wanted to make a comment. You know, I think that one of the things do that as do we, we want to do we want to hold oh conversation? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I don't want to. I don't want to pre preempt you from saying something. I just want to kind of keep sure. the conversation. Thank you. I, I only have one question, and I and I uh, first of all, for the record, I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Salak, Candace Eriks, who represents you in Tallahassee. You had the pleasure of working with when I was a legislator, and for for making the time to speak to me on the fifth and and today as well by way of follow up. The only the only curious aspect of your interest is that you do own and operate a land uh, sorry a uh, transfer facility. Mm -hmm within a few miles of this location. And so I, I you know, just it, given the capital cost, given, given, you know, just geospatially where that's located, where this potential facility would be located, why would you have an interest in spending or making the additional capital investment in a location like this? Yeah, so it's, it's the answer to your question is because it, expanding the business organically is always a benefit to the business. That's number one. Number two, um, it's not unusual to have networks of transfer stations. So we do, we have a transfer station in Deerfield Beach. We have one in Pembroke Park. We have um, one in downtown Miami, different kinds of transfer stations. That's a C&D facility, I think, correct? Downtown Miami yeah. is, is yes, yeah, C&D, correct. Construction and debris removal for my colleague, um, I'm sorry. And then, you know, but for example, there are But, there, but my, I, the reason for my question is they're not three and a half or four miles away from each other. They're typically 10, 12, 15 miles because I, I would imagine you're serving you probably have substantial capacity at that location to serve more than just that immediate submarket. So that, that's the reason for my question. That proximity to me is what's curious because they're, they're actually very, very near one another relative to how you're, I mean, I looked extensively. You, got, you guys are a phenomenal company, clearly have a ton of capacity. Uh, for the most part, you have a very good reputation. Uh, your lobbyist represents you well in Tallahassee. You see someone with tremendous credibility. So I, I respect what you potentially could bring to the table. But my, my, I just don't understand, just looking at how your operation is organized globally across Florida, why you would have two facilities so closely co-located together here in South Florida. Yeah, it, it helps, it just helps alleviate traffic. There's a lot of synergies okay. that come with doing that. You know, there's others in this market that have things that are close to one another. It just helps routing. It, there's a lot of things it helps with. Appreciate that explanation. Thank you. Thank you. I think at, uh, at this time, uh, colleagues, would, do we want to hear from the administration and then from Mr. Rinaldi? Or how do we want to proceed? Okay. Mr. Manager, anything you want to say on this item for the record? Or do you want to bring up Mr. Rinaldi and his team to present? Yeah, I, I think we'll let American Waste present. Um, okay. Fair enough, sir. Thank you. I want to give that person. Mr. Rinaldi, will you be speaking this evening? Yes. Okay, thank you. Again, your name and address for the record, please, if you yes. can. Yes, William Rinaldi, American Waste Systems. Great. Um, I know Waste Connections very well. In fact, some of your top management used to work for me. In fact, you used to buy the company Arrowhead. They're a waste company that was devoured by rail. So it's where my employees started. They just bought them. And the thing that I want to talk to the council about is I came to this council as I came to Florida like an open book. I saw a problem and I saw a solution. Waste Connections is bigger than me. I'm not going to lie. But I've been, <laughs> they also bought a lot of my, they bought companies back and forth. I've sold to Macquarie a couple times, sold to Winway. I know them all. But I'm into solutions. If Waste Connections comes here, the only thing they're going to do is push the price of garbage up. Because if they get the two facilities, they create their own market. Uh, right now, I think 
to be quite honest, and I'm not saying this to you, sir, Waste Connections is not fulfilling the market. And what I did is I put a little video together because I did have a conversation with someone from Waste Connections, and I said, look, you know, it's business. You know, I don't want to say anything bad, but I think that your services to South Miami are terrible. And let's, 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 if I can just ask, let's, let's set that aside for a minute because I, I want to just address a couple of points that were made because I want sure. to make sure that the record's clear. And mm -hmm. I want, you know, at least my colleagues, since I was the one who helped germinate this idea with your help. Yes. And, at and least like I said, this is going to have is gonna some, but hold on a second, just follow with me for a second. I just want them to have some level of confidence about where we are with respect sure. to the agreement and the terms. Yeah. And why some of the terms, economic terms, have changed, given your conversations well, with the county. My, if my I, if conversation I get... with the county is to save them money. Correct. So okay. that's that's what I wanted to get on the so record. So I want to so. make sure that... So but let's, let me take this one at a time, because I want I just want to make sure the points are all addressed. If you don't mind, let me kind of add, act, act as a <laughs> as a, an interrogator here, in a sense. But there was a comment about the base rent going up $600 a month. And so I just want to ask the manager, I know we had been procuring an appraisal to inform what was fair market value for just the base rent payments? Is the increase consistent with the appraisal that was completed? And to the manager, the city attorney, whoever wants to address that question. Okay. Yeah, that was that was based on the appraisal that we. Okay. So the so the appraisal resulted in an adjustment of, however nominal, six hundred dollars. So fair to say that the initial offer was pretty close to market. Is that That's fair? Correct. That okay. Correct. Thank you. And then there was a question about rent escalation, which we had a substantial rent escalator that probably would have increased the base rent by forty percent every 10 years. So Mr. Rinaldi, can you elaborate on why yes. those changes were incorporated into yes. the lease? Yes, after si sitting, uh, speaking with the county, they wanted me to give them a consistent rate. I planned the- why, why is that important, if I can ask? From, a, so it from, a, our, from the public's perspective. From the public's perspective, it's, it's the same, same, uh, same margin of increase as the county's getting. So there's no, it's so, very transparent. So our 40% our increase over 10 years would have resulted in tipping fees being affected year over year. Yes. And so this council would have ended up paying, as we have in other years, more for disposing our trash Correct. at this facility. Is that Correct. is that a fair summary of Correct. the impact? Yes, okay. sir. So they asked you to compress yes, sir. what you could pay us so you could have some more pricing predictability. Yes. That's it why you came back. It was totally transparent to the county. Okay. Um, I think those are the only two economic points I wanted to highlight. I, I leave the rest to you. I, I don't know that, I don't, I think you're both excellent companies. You've got, I mean, in, in my conversations with Mr. Salak, for the benefit of my colleagues, their representation, they all know you. They all speak very respectfully of you. Uh, they know your record, uh, you know, my, my understanding. Yeah, I don't have any, I just want to make sure, I just, look, I don't want to sound like the, I, I just don't want to get into any back. I, would, I don't. We don't. We don't. We don't do that as a board. We don't want to get into the back and forth. I think if there are questions regarding the proposal and the lease terms, I, I'd like my colleagues to bring them forward at this time. Um, Commissioner Liebman, are you? Do you have any questions of Mr. Rinaldi that you want to address at this time? Yeah, my my position hasn't hasn't changed. My only concern is whether or not uh, the city of South. I know it's in the con. We've addressed my concerns in the contract. Whether or not the city of South Miami can dump. In the city of South Miami, or drop off in the city of South Miami. Yeah. So, Commissioner, I, to Commissioner Lehman's point, Mr. Manager, we can address um, what we have incorporated as preconditions. I think to address this concern. Yeah. Ultimately, to simplify it, you know, the deal is subject to the county approving. Yeah. That, right. And and the second issue that I would have is if if the transfer fee that we currently pay would also be applied at our own facility, that would be problematic, right? Because the county would not have any double handling; it would be railed away. Um, so, yeah, it's subject to. 
And again, those conditions are built into the document, correct? Just for the record. Yes, those are conditions present. Okay, so, Commissioner Lehman, to your point, there'd be no transfer fees that we would we are asking uh, as a condition of this agreement that would be paid. Um, and the con the deal is con again conditional upon the county incorporating this facility as part of their uh, as part of their tipping facilities that would be recognized pursuant to our local. And I think we had a third condition, which was to make sure that we could continue to tip at this facility uh, for the entirety of the base term. Am I correct? For the entirety of the lease. Oh, the entirety of the, the lease. So all, all 50 years, yeah. we could continue to tip here uh, so that we could get the benefit of the operational savings attendant with uh, having this facility on our home yard. So, Correct. Correct. That's okay. part of the conditions present. Correct. Correct. So without, without those conditions being satisfied, Commissioner Liebman, we don't have a binding lease. Is that correct? That is correct, and they've been already identified with the meeting with the county. Okay. Commissioner Corey, you're recognized. And I just wanted to clarify this again. I think I mentioned it last time, but just for my own edification, the, the period of time in which this property will sort of be locked up as you finalize the deal, I forget what period of time that was. Was that? Well, it's 120 days for them to get it. So they, yeah, I think if you could if you could just walk us through the timeline so the council's clear, Mr. City Attorney, that would be helpful. Sure. In in those first 120 days, so the effective date of the lease right now it says January 1st. Uh, they asked us to push it off a couple of weeks to January 15th, uh, so that they can get their their you know everything in gear if they're if they're approved this evening. But they would have 120 days from that date to satisfy these conditions precedent. Um, and if they cannot satisfy those conditions precedent, this is the this there is no lease. And then from from the date those conditions are satisfied, they have up to two years to permit and get yes, the facility approved. Permit the so that's where the two yeah. year period kicks in. That's correct. Obviously, it would be to our mutual benefit for that to be done much more quickly. Yes. Yeah. So by by approving this tonight, we would essentially be you know not able to come to an agreement with any other company for this property for the period of 120 days. Essentially. And then if they met the criteria, then it would be a period of two years. A period of two years, um, unless they cancel it. But uh, if they don't cancel it, then it would be a period of two years plus whatever term the lease ends up being, which is a base term of 20 years with 10-year extension. So we would not get a chance to cancel this lease until 20 years in. Right. And then the deposit that they would have to put down is, is I believe it is six times, six times, six, time, six times the 19,600. Okay. So roughly $130,000 plus or minus. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Can I just clarify one more point? Yes, There's also a 45 day due diligence and inspection period during which time they can do inspections both on the site and paper wise to determine if it's feasible and they can cancel after the 45 days or during that period if it's not acceptable to, to the tenant. Commissioner Kaya, you recognize. Uh, question for the uh, city attorney. Um, during their 45 days of study and any inspections, um, can we make those inspections private to the, to, the, to the company or does that have to be publicly announced? They have to disclose the inspections to the city, and they're probably also public records under Florida law. Okay. Thank you. Madam Vice Mayor, do you want to recognize the CFO yes. for a question? I, I had various conversations with both our city manager and our, our CFO, as we fancy name. Sir. And I'd, I'd appreciate it if you could come up here and just give the gist of our conversation, because we know I will, I will not do it financial justice. Good evening, sir. 
Mayor, Commission. Um, <clears throat> oh, it was a discussion where we're comparing one type of use to another type of use and the major differences in it. Uh, the major difference is the base on that other, this has nothing to do with you know one company or another, it's just the use. The rent was significantly greater with waste services in the beginning every, every year uh, versus a flat amount or an option to over 50 years spread $5 million, which is $100,000, just dollar for dollar, not taking present value or future value. So, so we're talking about the, um, just to be clear. The base rent. So the base rent under a housing development scenario. Correct. Which That's would take which would take up two thirds of the lot. Correct. Correct. Okay. It was, I okay. believe it was two acres of the three. Yeah. So it's much greater spread. Um, just looking at the base rent and looking at that, it's a better deal for the city from that standpoint, because it's a lot more money every month for one acreage use, um, and not taking into account the dollar for the tipping over the certain amount or taking into account any operational savings that we would have. It's just a better amount. And, and, I, and I, I saw you guys circulated an analysis. I haven't had a chance to review it because I think it came out this morning. Can you summarize for the benefit of the council what the operational savings could look like in terms of uh, CapEx and, and I guess fuel? I don't know what, you, what else yeah. you analyzed. So, so the comparison uh, was done based on um, the opportunity to, to go to our yard instead and have rail uh, haul it away versus um, what we're currently doing. Um, as a result of the fire in the main facility, we began to uh, transport uh, to a closer facility called West Dade. Um, we are uh, charged a, a, a transfer fee of $15 and change per ton uh, to that facility. Um, there are also an opportunity Mr. Manager, to go if I can ask, were we paying that transfer fee before or is that a new fee? That's a new fee as a result okay. of going to um, the West Dade. So before we used to drive out to Doral and t tip there? Correct. And we did not pay that fee? Correct. Okay. Um, so the analysis that was provided by memo had, had two, two things. One was uh, operational uh, savings, and another one was a capital. The, the, the question that you had posed was, what, what CapEx or OpEx you know, would we um, uh, save as a result of you know, going to our facility and have it hauled away by rail? So what you have, you know, the, the memo uh, shared uh, two things. One, fuel, obviously from a distance standpoint. So to, to make my explanation a little bit shorter, um, uh, finance calculated at $3.44 per gallon of uh, fuel. So going to the um, Medley landfill station would have a generated savings of $3. If we go to our facility, instead of going to Medley, we have a savings of about $61,000 in fuel and wear and tear that was done as a global um, 65 cents per mile just to cover all the things that, that fall under wear and tear. And that would generate roughly a savings of about 34,600. So total savings of um, going to our facility instead of Medley would be roughly 95,744. The second e e evaluation that was done was the West Day transfer station, which is closer but requires a transfer fee. In that case, sim similar categories, fuel, wear and tear. And in this case, we had to add back in the transfer fee because we pay a transfer fee. So we would save that. So going to our facility instead of going to West Day facility, would generate an annual savings of $166,000 roughly. Okay. Um, capital, on the capital side, which was the second question that was asked uh, to, to, to share that, um, we, we took a look at uh, life of our vehicles, and as a result of less miles and less travel miles, extending the life of that, and uh, having to be able to extend the life of our vehicles a little bit longer, 
we estimated that roughly over a 20-year uh, period, uh, being able to extend the life of our vehicles would probably save about $1.1 million over a 20-year period because our trucks would last a little bit longer, so we wouldn't have to cycle them as often. And so those are the two dynamics that, that we shared via memo, uh, which so were the questions. It, so analyze about $50,000 a year. Um, oh, on the capital? On the capital side. Uh, okay, yep. Just to keep it in the same analyzed savings yep. category. Okay, yep. so the range capital and operating sounds like 140 Ra range to 210. Range $96,000 a year to $167,000 a year OPEX. A and then adding yep. the capital. And then adding a capital okay. Okay. Yeah, over a 20 year period. Yes, ma'am. Madam Vice Mayor. One more thing that we discussed as part of all of this when I was discussing it with first the city manager, then the CFO is in fairness on the other project, when we get to the end of the 50 years, we have a building that would belong to us. And that building would have been certified at the 40 year mark. So we would have a building that is in good repair. The discussion there was that while we could end up with this great I just want to clarify that one comment because I'm going to take a little issue with good repair. Good repair meaning that it's electrically and structurally sound because that's all that that does. So I don't know yes. if it's, I don't know that the condition of the building, so I know that was mentioned to me, but I know for our conversation, I would just throw in, I don't know if the building would be in a condition where it's marketable, right? Well, in, terms of, in terms of renting the, because the, there could be a lot of deferred maintenance in the and building. And there's, there's one other thing to consider, which is what was brought to my attention is even if the building is in very good condition, it would put us in a position to be a landlord. And so I'm not saying that's a plus and I'm not saying that's a minus. Yeah. I'm just saying what was part of the discussion because I don't feel it's right for me to have that information and not share it with you guys. I appreciate that. Commissioner Kaye. We're in discussion, right? We are. Is there any questions, Mr. Rinaldi, that we want to ask at this point in time? Commissioner Liebman? Please come on up, sir, in, in the microphone if you can. Good evening, Gabriel Nieto for American Waste. So we've got a few new faces here. Um, next to Mr. Rinaldi is Jim Gehring, who's our uh, investment banker, who's here to answer any financial questions you might have. He's the founder of Dark Horse Capital. He's been an investment banker for 25 years, specializing in these kind of projects, heavy infrastructure, power, environmental remediation, and those kind of things. And sitting behind Mr. Gehring is Cosmo Servito, and he's our Director of Environmental and Compliance. Cosmo was the Administrator for EPA Region 3, and also the Assistant Administrator for EPA Region 2, and an Assistant Administrator for the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. He's got a lot of experience here. Any environmental issues, any compliance issues, any of that, he'd be happy to address. Okay. A any questions for the rest of the team? No? Okay. Thank you, Thank you very much. Uh, bring it back to this council. Uh, comments? Commissioner Kai, you want to start? Yeah. <clears throat> Worth, there's a lot of things, ongoing things, and moving with the county specifically. Um, there's also one thing that we did fail to talk about, uh, and that we should, just to, you know, to be transparent. We did receive a bid for uh, LOI for uh, affordable housing at the particular site. We didn't really discuss it. And we should either, you know, talk about it, at least get, you know, dismiss it, talk about it, see if it should be a part of this or not. I'm not, I'm not in, and I've spoken to this pretty clearly, I'm not a big fan of doing affordable housing in a particular spot right in front of concrete mixes. I think that the county would have a lot more to say about that, specifically our, our commissioner in this district. But I would be dismissed if we didn't 
at least talk about it because there wasn't an LOI that was offered to us that we should talk about. Sure. Do you want to do? I know. I know the vice mayor kind of introduced that conversation with the comparison, and we appreciate that. I, I mean, I'll say for the record, I met with Mr. Wall, who's the principal at at, at Coral Rock, and in full disclosure, has been a client uh, of my firm in the past. Um, we had a good conversation. I respect his ability to do these projects. Um, it's not surprising that they would look to industrial land. It's part of what SB 102 is, has asked the development community to look at. It's also something that's been a trend for the last 20 years, particularly in the city of Miami, where a lot of industrial land over the last couple of decades has been rezoned for multifamily use, particularly low-income multifamily use. And so um, this particular site, compared to some other sites that have been rezoned elsewhere that I'm familiar with, certainly is more attractive in that it's close to a regional park. It's proximate to shopping. There's a Publix, Best Buy, Target right around the corner. Uh, there are some amenities. I, I think from, from where I kind of decided that this, to me, seemed like the better option was that it, this use seemed more complementary to what's a typical public works reuse, seemed more consistent with the current character of the area. Um, and I thought operationally would not impinge on our a desire or a need to possibly reserve some capacity to grow our public works footprint, you know, through some efficiencies, right, uh, with some capital. If we decided to eventually kind of round off our boundaries to 40th Street, where there's a lot of single family residential, where we would probably service with our, our solid waste, um, our solid waste team. So uh, that's where I kind of analyze it too. I, I definitely thank them, thank him personally for submitting his proposal. You know, I'll leave it, I've left it open with them because, again, there's a 120-day time clock for them to do something. As I've left it open with waste connections and in my conversations with them personally about possibly revisiting a deal with them should, you know, American Waste not have any success here. So th those are my thoughts on the subject. Colleagues? Commissioner Liebman, I know you're <coughs> online, so I tend to ignore you. I apologize. Anything you want to add? Okay. No, no, thank you. As I mentioned, my concerns which I've communicated in pre-meetings were addressed in the contract. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Madam Vice Mayor? I, I thank you, Commissioner Kaya, for kind of bringing that up again. I think it's important for us to consider that we've talked about affordable housing and wanting affordable housing, and this ticks the box in a very unconventional way for us. I think it's interesting that the mayor mentions that the conversation is not closed. It would remain open if and when they don't manage to close the loop. For me, it is 100% a financial decision, as are most things with me. Um, it's true. <laughs> um, so the one thing I cannot grasp, and I guess it's because I don't have maybe the the forward vision of seeing a building belonging to the city after so many years. I think it could be a great thing or it could be a fiasco. And so I, I say, you know, do we look at this as more of a financial boon? Do we want to try to tackle that affordable housing aspect that seems to be near and dear to many of us? So I, I'd like to know what you guys think because I, kind of got an idea from two of you. Well, I'm, I'm certainly a, a huge fan of uh, using affordable or workforce housing wherever we can, especially on um, public land, since it obviously provides a clear public benefit. 
also a fan of using public land for parks, and then in this case, you know, uh, uh, using it for the other types of work that we need. I think the mayor's right, and it's probably it's it's an interesting thing. It's just sort of visually, you go to the site, you have to you know uh, 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 see what's in character with the neighborhood, and um, I believe this would be in character with the neighborhood, and it's it's amazing that we'd be able to solve not just a problem that we're having, but a problem that the that the county is having and, and pitch in to help them too. So I do sincerely hope that this project is a success. And I think there is some risk associated with it just to, because we don't necessarily know the full outcome, but given the guardrails that have been put on the contract in the period of time, I think it's, I, I, I think it's a positive move for us. And I think that's the, probably the, the, the best use of all of the options that have come forward. So in speaking with, with the developer as well and, and, and their representatives, you know, I'm not, I, I, I don't fathom how we can put a building there. And, 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 I, and I was very clear about that. It's just an awkward situation, even though they may portray that it's the best situation. I just don't see it. And for us to kickstart a particular movement in that area would be something that really needs planning, you know, and it, this would stick out like a sore thumb. Um, I don't think it would be beneficial. I think, that, I think it needs a little bit of timing. Not saying that, you know, the mayor, and I said the same thing to them. I, I don't think this is dead by all means, but it just needs mm -hmm. a lot more planning. And by the way, to us to do this would be a sole source directly with them. I'd rather open it up. So, um, so that was that for that particular situation. The other thing I very much considered was the avenue of, you know, having more revenue, more assets to the city, which, you know, the affordable housing would do. Um, we also need to, you know, we need to speak about the big issue that we're having with waste. And we have an opportunity as a city to really meaningfully, meaningfully do something to kickstart an opportunity to help a problem. And, and I think that's what we're doing today. And um, whether, whether it's, American waste, or, or if they're able to fulfill the negotiations with Miami-Dade County, all the issues and all the bureaucracy you're probably going to have to go through. If you're able to go do that, I think it's a great problem that we're going to go solve. And if it's not you for A, B, or C, I mean, Waste Connections will, or any other company could come by and we can talk about that. And we have options. But I do like the opportunity to go ahead and, you know, and I've been back and forth on this. It's not an easy decision to make. But I really, truly feel that we can really kickstart a solution, and I'm all about solutions. So that can was I, my comments on that. Can I that. ask you guys one more question? Sure, go right ahead, Madam Vice Mayor, recognized. Would you be willing to commit to spending some of those dollars to better our public works department? They need it. They're I, working under tents, guys. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. We should, we, should, we, should, we should take advantage of the revenue in large measure to help rationalize that yard which has been lacking investment and we can maybe deal with the uh the uh, fuel tank that we uh know is going to become a problem in a couple of years and, and pay for that capital outlay as well with with these resources so that certainly would be something i would support madam vice mayor i think the resources are truly needed to find personnel that we're lacking and and really help morale and do a lot better things in that facility so i 100 percent agree yeah because those those guys are very much like the police department is for our safety, they are for our health. Yeah, no, no doubt. They need Thank you for mentioning space. that. Thanks, guys. Without any further comment, is there a motion on 
Item eight, please. I move item eight. Is there a second? No second. So a motion by Commissioner Corey and a second by Commissioner Kaye. Uh, seeing no further discussion, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll on item eight, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Lemus. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonice. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes five zero. Thank you all for your interest. Look forward to getting this done. Thank you. Okay, uh, colleagues, do you want to take item six or let, let's take item 10. Hopefully that you have a couple questions. Yeah, it's a little bit easier. So Madam Clerk, if you could read uh, item 10 for the record, please. Yes, item 10. An ordinance of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida amending Chapter 4, Alcoholic Beverages, <laughs> Article 1 in General, Section 4-2, Conditional Use Approval of Requirements, Non-Conforming Use, Certificate of Occupancy, and Chapter 15, Offenses and Miscellaneous Provisions, Article 1 in General, Section 15-63, Mobile Vendors of the City Code of Ordinances to modify conditions related to food service in connection with the service of alcohol beverages, including allowing mobile food vendors for drinking place bar lounge within the hometown district under certain conditions. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, if, if I may, just as, since this is an item I helped advance, I just wanted to give a quick overview as to what I'm trying to accomplish here by this item. So hopefully it'll uh, address your questions. As you'll recall, um, because the state has preempted our ability to kind of change rules that adversely affect or could adversely affect uh, how local businesses operate their business um, and allows them to enjoin ordinances under the new statute that took effect October 1. We made a modification to the alcoholic beverage service hours in South Miami uh, earlier this summer. And so uh, that affected two establishments in particular, um, one of which had expressed a desire to me to possibly bring onto the property a mobile food truck to be able to sell food to patrons after hours. So obviously our local restaurants are under enough pressure. We don't wanna hurt our brick and mortar establishments. But I thought it could be, we could prudently do this by allowing for the sale of, um, uh, uh, with a food truck on premises after 10 p.m. And the city attorney can further elaborate on the restrictions for uh, a couple of uh, alcoholic service, alcoholic beverage service establishments uh, located within our town center. That's really the intent of the of the ordinance is to kind of help give them another outlet to serve their patrons in a way that did not necessarily um, conflict or compete with our our brick and mortar restaurants who we all want to do everything we can to support. Mr. City Attorney, would you want to elaborate on the other guardrails in the in the proposed ordinance? Sure, sure. So, uh, in keeping with um, you know the the not competing with the area restaurants. Uh, the operating hours are from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Again, our, our uh, alcoholic beverage establishments cannot serve alcohol after 4 a.m. Uh, based on the rules that we adopted. So this would this would allow them for those last few hours to provide some food to, to their patrons. Um, all supporting equipment for mobile food vendor operations, um, including all their tables, all their, all their little side, you know, uh, uh, I guess uh, supporting things, generators, fans, all of those things. Uh, would all be on private property. This is not to be on public property. That's not the intent here. And then um, the truck is, is to be removed daily uh, from 7 to 8 p.m. so it doesn't become a permanent setup. Yeah, so it's got to be a mobile kitchen. Right. Now, there is one other side of this, which is a cleanup, um, because we were already in the alcoholic beverage uh, uh, portion of the code. 
Um, the inexplicably, uh, we had some old rules. I guess not explicably, they were old rules. Uh, did not allow an alcoholic service bar coupled with a restaurant, um, which is not the way modern restaurants work. Uh, a lot of them. Uh, so we went ahead and cleaned that up since we were dealing with food and alcohol. We 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 could we could this was the opportunity to do that. So we we cleared that up. Any questions, colleagues? Commissioner Kaya? City Attorney, so we, we're not allowed to sit specific seatings for alcoholic beverages anymore? We are providing... <laughs> I was joking. I was joking. No. <laughs> we're keeping I saw, I saw you cross that off. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Mayor, this is a question for you. Um, establishments that sell food will not allow to have food trucks. No. Is there a percentage of sales that will allow that? Or so there, any, there, any any establishments that sell food will not allow to be have food trucks at late night. So so the with respect to the mobile food vendors, it's limited to and to to a bar. I don't right. know exactly. It's, there's a defined term in the code. I forget what it is off the top off the top of memory, but we limited to bars. So businesses that are in the business of selling primarily liquor, primarily primarily, so they sell Correct. under their licensing. Most of the revenue, the majority of the revenue, is derived from alcoholic beverage sales or spirits. So not from food. So, so under our code, we consider a restaurant if you if you serve fifty one percent or more of your revenue is derived from food. And that's consistent with state licensing standards correct. for both. Just to correct. So this this is an this is a, a a bar that does not have any any food service. It has some, not enough food sold. No, based have, on percentage of sales is what you guys are saying. No, 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 no. One is a restaurant. A restaurant that happens to have a, a, a bar, like you know, a, an alcoholic beverage service associated with it. That's not who would get the mobile food vendors. Can, right? I, can I ask my can I ask my colleague a question? Because yes. I think it may, may we may get to the issue, which is, are you concerned that a a bar that already has a kitchen will try to bring on a mobile food truck on their premises? I'm not concerned about it. I just want to make sure that's clear. That's we're not we're not yeah. trying to provide for that, but to the extent that it's not clear, I would ask the city attorney. That the intention here was to give a establishment without kitchen facilities I, I understand. that opportunity but uh, there is in the in the code the way it's written right now that there is if you have a kitchen if you don't meet the 50 percent or whatever the criteria is for for food that you are still allowed to have a food truck at late nights i'll give you an example i don't know if i should mention any names but <coughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example uh town which no longer exists has revenues in alcohol of 75 percent they have a kitchen and they do 25 percent in sales are they allowed to have a food truck? They're not. I don't believe they're. It's not clear though. I don't. I don't believe their 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 use categorization is consistent with. No. No. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I think it, it's a good. It's a good. It's a good intellectual. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. But I think where we are, they have to identify themselves as a as a yeah. bar in order to qualify or for this benefit. Perhaps we, we we tighten it up and we say you know a, a bar that has no food no food service. I don't mind that they have a, a, a kitchen. Mm -hmm. I don't, that, that doesn't bother me. I just okay. want to make sure it's clear. Uh, uh, right, but but which which side? What's the pleasure of the commission? Which side do you want to fall on that? Because we, I can clear it up either way. But I just need to know which what policy wise what you guys want. Is it is is this to be a uh, an attribute for just a bar, no kitchen? I, I my preference was a bar with no no kitchen simply because we had done something that affected yeah. their operating hours, their op their sales hours. That was my. That was my that was my intent. I'm open to a modification if you'd like to introduce one. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. 
How many how many bars do we have with no kitchen? Just two, one? To my knowledge. Two? Yes, ma'am. In the whole what are they? I believe it's uh Boogan Boogies uh-huh. and uh BT's. BT's has a kitchen. It's not <laughs> a legal kitchen to my understanding. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a different yes, question. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have no record. We understand that there was an enforcement action on the part of the county fire department right. recently. So, yeah. Oh, okay. But anyhow. Rumor has it they have good burgers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you. He's not speaking from first-hand experience. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so essentially, this is for two businesses. Um, but I just, I have three questions. Yes, ma'am. Actually, three comments. I'm going to use Bougainvilliers as an example because I, I think we're all very familiar with where they are geographically speaking. They have their parking lot on the side of their building. So you literally have to walk in front of their parking lot and alongside their parking lot to get to town. You see it from Taco Craft. You see it from the Ceviche place. So if you are putting, which would be the most logical thing, the food truck on that little corner of their parking lot, you now have generator noise, you have an ugly food truck, and you have just a weird view all the way around when you're sitting in these other places. So if we're doing something like this, we need to consider the aesthetics. The generator needs to be a silent generator. If we're putting them in some place that is visible from the sidewalks, they need to have a way to block that, whether it is, you know, a ficus hedge or something. We don't want to see this because it's ugly. I, there, there's no other way to say it. We're trying to make our city more and more beautiful, but then these things are ugly. And then lastly, if you start thinking about, I'll use BTs now as an example because it, it's easier. You've got a food truck coming here at eight o'clock at night to set up for whatever starts at 11, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. That's still dinner service. So you've now got a guy on a, in a truck going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on that one-way street to be able to stick himself properly into the parking lot at BT's, if that's where it's going to go, for his 11 o'clock shift. So before 11 o'clock, he's disrupting dinner service in that in and out and, you know, taking out this and taking out that and starting to cook the food and the smell that it comes with that. And I'm not opposed to having these. I, s I just think if this is something that we want to do, these things either need to be stationary or not there, and these other things need to come into play because while we want to help somebody have a better business, we don't want to do it at the expense of other businesses or the beauty of our city. We, I, we, I think we're looking at spending a lot of money in making it nicer to then plop these things in full view of the world. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with your comments, and, and yeah, Commissioner Lieben, I will let your questions comments, sir. Sorry, Mayor, I don't want to interrupt. You. No, go right ahead, sir, please. I, I already spoke on the side. Go ahead. So, what, first question was I vice mayor's question. Um, which establishment will this benefit? I want to touch base on So, I, I agree with everything the vice mayor said following, and I so appreciate that she brought that up because those weren't items I was going to mention. So, but starting with the first question, which businesses does this benefit? Um, to, to my knowledge, so the only two that would qualify. Right, no, no, we, no. we addressed it. So one business will separate. Got it. A big concern to the, the commission, the community mentioned when I drive to the gym, you know, that part didn't sound believable, but at 7 a.m., usually about 10 minutes late, so about 7.10, <laughs> the crowd I see outside is not a crowd you'd see any other time in South Miami, but the crowd we're looking to attract. Um, the other... Business. Now we're trying to create 
a level playing field. The first thing I want to, it's the record, maybe management has changed. What a fantastic event was when um, Taco Craft and Rockburger used to have Cinco de Mayo. They used to have wrestling, close the street down. It has the other business, so it benefits from this participate, come participate, have a, put up a tent. That business would respond, we're going to benefit just the same without contributing. When the proprietor of Pub 52 tried to get the, and Commissioner Corey was involved in this to his credit, tried to cl close um, that street just to benefit the businesses. Uh, the proprietor of Pub 52 offered to pay insurance, the band, everything, as the establishment that's set to benefit, uh, they participate. Said, no, we'll benefit just the same. So I definitely do not see that business as a good community partner. I don't understand why we would give them an unfair competitive advantage. And the reason I say unfair competitive advantage, please, someone, I mean, we've talked about running analysis, compare the expenses of a brick and mortar restaurant to a food truck. It's a probably a hundred. Liebman, we're, 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 we're both in agreement on that. So I, I, the, the okay, goal is. If I may, yeah, if I may, ahead. we're yeah. looking at, I've heard people talk about the health related to other issues. I heard a kitchen just got shut down at one of the other businesses that can benefit. So it looks to me, I mean, that's the honor that we're rewarding that. And I heard about health with uh, public works. Food trucks are not subject to, to uh, the FDA inspections as, as restaurants are. So as a commission looking out for public safety and public health, what, why, why would we, why would we do that? And then the other thing is, I mean, who said it? Bo Schlumberger, the former coach of, of um, a different university, Miami, Miami University, and I believe Michigan, said nothing good happens after midnight. How much do you encourage people to stay beyond those hours? And we haven't surveyed the restaurants, but I don't think, why would they be in favor of it? I, I understand the way Rinesor, the way the ordinance is written, it would only allow it after the restaurants close. But um, yeah, I, I just don't think it's fair to all of the restaurants in our city, which are currently struggling, which we're all looking for ways to support. So instead of looking for ways to support them, we're gonna look for ways that other businesses can compete with them at a fraction of the cost. I just, I don't think that's why we're here. Commissioner Kai, you wanted to add some comments? Yeah, uh, Commissioner, Commissioner Lehman, you, you uh, are spot on on a lot of things. The, the only thing that I would just be on the contrary where we don't have any restaurants that open past 10 right now. And, you know, some of the comments coming from our own police, our police have nowhere to eat at night when they're on the late shift. Um, there's a lot of college students and a lot of businesses, you know, whether it's uh, bar A, bar B, and bar C are going to benefit from them being out there because they have a place to go eat afterwards. So I, I wouldn't say it doesn't attract the best people. It, it's, it's not my concern. It, it it keeps more people in our in our town center, so that's why the that's the only reason I would do this. And of course, it's very important that these food trucks follow state county law, making sure that they're clean, licensed, and have OSHA a following because they do have to follow OSHA. So there's a lot of things that they do have to comply with uh, that 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 would make this viable. It, those are, yeah, I appreciate that. The other thing we have to do, which I know um, Vice Mayor said something along these lines, be forward thinking. We can do that with everything. I know it's hard to think on 50 years, um, as was the case with the separate proposal, but Sunset Place should be open in five years. And I believe those restaurants and bars can be in an entertainment district will stay open uh, beyond those hours. So 
So, Commissioner Lieberman, you actually, now? Th that last comment was actually where I was going to go next with a question to the city attorney, which is, so I, I just want to address a couple points I think are good points you made. One is, with respect to who gets benefit, I, I didn't know of a principled way to distinguish between one, one business and the other. Unfortunately, the, the only thing I can say to you is that one business I know has full control of the demise premises. The other one, I'm not sure whether they have rights, would have the rights to deploy a food truck at that location. So I'll leave that there. On the safety part, I just wanted to, I just wanted to throw this into the mix. You know, we do have alcoholic beverage establishments. People will drink until late in the evening. I thought on balance if they could access, a you know, whatever, a burger or a hot dog late at night at 2 o'clock in the morning, better than to get back on the road or go somewhere else with something, something in their stomach beyond just the alcohol. So that, that was part of the thinking as well. And lastly, I think, to my knowledge, food trucks are subject to the county's health inspection requirements. And so I, I, I do think there is probably adequate supervision there. But to your last point, which frankly is the one that, to me, I think requires more thought, and I thank you for it, is I don't also, in trying to help in the short term, want to confer a long-term benefit that we can't rescind, Mr. City Attorney, given the limitations that we now have with respect to uh, the new preemption that was passed last session. So I, I'd like to move to table this item this evening because I want to revisit that issue uh, with everyone's indulgence and to bring this back, uh, maybe this, our, our first meeting in February to see if we can think through a scheme where if we're going to authorize it, we authorize it under a limited license for a term of years so they can be terminated without uh, it becoming the subject of uh, litigation to enjoin our ability to rescind the benefit. So, Commissioner Lieben, thank you for raising that point. I think it's something that uh, is worth consideration. Sir. I'm sorry, I, I do want to say, and this is all on the record, yeah. right, we're coming on 12 years, so over 10 years ago when I was on the commission, I was trying to act, activate what was then referred to as the CRA, and we had open fields and fields owned by the, the city where, where uh, the affordable housing project is. And I tried to create a food truck drive. I thought it would be great to activate the area, and then it's not one restaurant. It's their assembly, and back then that was the thing. I think they were called food truck rodeos. Yep. And yes, food truck ordinance was in the way, but that, that's how I think if we want to do food trucks, how we can bring people to an area and maybe an area that doesn't, that doesn't have as much activity or exposure. And instead of one, we can do several. That That's something I'd be, I'd be in support of, but um, you know. I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave it to you to talk to the city attorney about how to, how to incorporate that into, uh, into this ordinance. Yes, Madam Vice Mayor. Can we take the notes of what we've said today and have them? Be yes, I think they're, I think they're right? all legitimate comments that we'll, we'll incorporate into the uh, revision. Thank okay. you. Do you need a second to your motion? So yeah, if I if I if I have a motion to defer this item to the uh, our first meeting in February, which I think is the sixth, is that correct? Yes. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. So a motion by the mayor, second by Commissioner Corey. Um, do we need a roll call on this, uh, Madam Clerk, or can we just do it by consensus? You're the sponsor. No, do we need a roll call for the record? Yeah, I just did a roll call. For okay, fair. Go ahead. Please call the roll. <laughs> Commissioner Kaye. Yes. yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Liebman. Yes. <laughs> Vice Mayor. <Fernandez. laughs> yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Your face was comical. Thank you for the discussion, colleagues. Uh, we have one uh, action item, which is number six. Madam Clerk, if you can read into the record, and I'm going to take a quick break while I turn over the gavel to uh, the Vice Mayor. Yes. I'll, I'll join you for that break. Well, 
Well, Don't we take like a three-minute three recess? Yeah. Let's take a quick two-minute break, so okay. we'll stand in recess right. for, for two minutes. Well, Thank last you. item. I know. We'll go. Go. I hurry back. I, I I've been I've been waiting for a while. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, sorry, because we need quorum. No, I'm gonna stay. No, everybody's already yeah, moving. We're we're, right. we're on hold. No, so go. Uh, oh, item okay. six, a resolution of the city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, approving an interlocal agreement with Miami-Dade County regarding the South Miami Library, authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute the interlocal agreement, providing for the conveyance, lease back, and participation of the library parcel and the potential redevelopment of city hall property. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, Mr. City Attorney, can I impose upon you to kind of walk us through this revised draft of the interlocal and its current posture. Um, appreciate the summary. Sure thing. Um, so first off, I want to make absolutely clear the county has not signed off on this version yet. Um, what we, what this resolution does is approve the form of the lease, or I'm sorry, the, the interlocal agreement. Um, there may be some further negotiation uh, needed to be had, uh, which the manager, this resolution would empower the manager to do so. Um, so. With that out of the way, the library parcel, what this provides for is for the library parcel to be um, basically grouped 
with the city's uh, portion of City Hall in any RFQ and RFP uh, that, that, in, that comes forward. Um, the city would have 30 months to, uh, to select a developer party and then um, execute an agreement between the city and, and the developer party uh, over the entire assemblage. Um, the county would, at, at this, once transfer of the property occurred, the county would continue with a, uh, basically a, a dollar a year lease. Um, right now, what the county holds, maybe I should tell you that first. The county has title to the property, but it is subject to a reverter provision, which says they can only do a library there. They can't do anything else, okay? If they ever do anything else, it, that property reverts back to the city of South Miami. So that's what they have, okay? They are, they would be conveying the property back to the city and then uh, under this agreement, and then the city would uh, manage the RFQ and RFP and manage the development of the property. And the concept would be to, once a new library is constructed, and a new library would be constructed on this property, that's what this provides for, uh, they would get a lease of that, of that new library facility for $1 a year. Uh, the new library f facility would be 15,000 square feet. That's, that's kind of their, their wish list. It would have some parking for employees. Um, it would have multimedia rooms and all kinds of other things. What, and then how the county would derive value from that in order to, 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 to pay for that. Uh, they currently have 8.8% of the, of the overall property. That's what, that's what the library parcel is. They would derive out of the total amount, that uh, the value of, of that lease, they would get 8.8%. Of the, of the total value on the same terms that the city got. So for instance, if there was a lump sum payment as part of the, you know, what you guys negotiate uh, with the developer, uh, they would get 8.8% of the lump sum payment. If there was an annual rent, they would get 8.8% of the annual rent. Okay, that's the way it would work. And out of that share, that's what would fund the development of the library, of the new library parcel. So the new developer would build it, but it would be, that would be funded via that. If there's an interim facility that is needed, that would also be funded from that, from that portion of, the, of, of their share. It would not come out of the city share. That's, kind of, that's, that's the big point. Um, in terms of other provisions, let's see. Um, I already told you it was a 15,000 square foot uh, facility. Um, it's, uh, um, the county would have final approval rights over what goes into that facility and the design. Um, they would also have some level of, of oversight uh, regarding the construction process, but the procurement would not be a county procurement. It would be a city procurement. We would manage it. We would be the permitting agency. We would manage all permits as well. Um, and that, so that would fall on, on, on us. And it would be subject to our, our procurement rules. Absolutely, any not the county procurement rules. Right. That's correct. Okay. So from, from our perspective, the county's deriving fair market value because they're getting their share of the overall, in fact, I, I would venture to say they're getting even, even greater than fair market value, really, because their, again, their, their ownership of that property is subject to that limitation, that restriction. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a very fair deal for the county, um, but we want to incentivize them to, to participate. So, so just, to, just to elaborate on what the open points are between in the last draft that was sent back to us, 
that's, that are not reflected in this term. So the, the, the points where we have disagreement, remaining disagreement with the county kind of are as follows. One, the amount of parking they want guaranteed in any solicitation. They're asking for basically one space for every 350 square feet. So that's about 42 parking spaces that they would have to be provided. We have not agreed to that for the f simple reason that they don't have those rights today. Whatever parking is made available, it's made available at our discretion. We have offered to provide, I think, as many as five spaces for employees. Or um, what was the number? Mr. It, it, was, it was five in the last, the, the previous turn yep. of the document. Yep. They came back with basically 42. Um, yep. So we, we have. We have it unresolved right now. It's blank, so, it's so blank we, in the lease. So it's, 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 it's open, but our goal is to give them basically no more than they need to park their employees. Um, again, the reason being they don't have that benefit today, they don't have that right today, and we certainly do not want to have the deal burdened with that unless it's something that makes sense in the economics but um, or, or they're willing to pay for themselves. Uh, on the relocation front, as I discussed this point with the city attorney and the manager, um, they had asked the developer or us to pick up the cost of their relocation, any interim library use. Uh, it's been communicated to us that their plans were to renovate this library with the Coral Gables Library. That renovation was done at their expense. Any relocation in the interim facility was also done at their expense. From my perspective, if that's their plan, right, they should carry the burden of that obligation since they'd have that obligation anyways. It's not something that should fall to us or should fall necessarily to the developer part, party as a, a part of the compensation. And I know that we are all very nervous about doing long-term dollar-a-year leases, but I just wanted to highlight that in the lease, they would be responsible for the maintenance and capbacks for the facility, which is something that you know, we have not necessarily done in our prior leases. So all, all we're really trying to do is liberate the value in the site. I think we've been very generous with them in giving them the full value of the real estate, notwithstanding that it's subject to a reverter provision that we could argue about it should be worth less than 8.8%. Uh, but in terms of the maintenance, their, their parking rights, uh, their relocation costs, we're trying to keep the parties in the same position they're in today. So that's what we're sending over if we adopt this agreement. Uh, those are the three, I think, open points of contention. I think we'll get there. I think we'll see it's a reasonable deal. We'll certainly at this point elevate the conversation with the electeds uh, at both the county on the mayor's side and the commissioner and hopefully we can get this on to an agenda here at the beginning of the year to get this done at the county level at the county level correct colleagues you have any questions for myself or the city attorney commissioner liebman i see your hand on your chin so i think you're chopping at the bit go ahead sir uh thank you so i'm prepared to sponsor this just want to make it clear again they have zero parking spaces now yep um not in position i mean i'm not in support doing 42 um curious how large the library is? Libraries are getting smaller. Can access the library. Yeah, the library. The library Perfect. size. You know, we the the the, the agreement. Correct my recollection because I haven't read this draft. I read the prior draft that I think led to this draft. We had we've had conversations about whether or not we could share spaces, mm -hmm. uh, so as to maximize the efficiency of the footprint. Obviously, reduce the cost of the replacement facilities, so we could all get more money, right? Because that's we obviously want a deal that's fiscally. Uh, advantageous to both parties. What we took away from that conversation, there's probably of that 15,000 square foot wish list, there's probably about 2,000 square feet of conference space that could be shared space uh, that we could jointly program. So it could get as small as 13,000 square feet. 
but the 13,000 square feet is probably about the size of the existing facility, plus or minus 10%. I don't wanna misrepresent that. So it's, it's a little bit bigger, but it's not that much bigger than the current facility, unless you've got a better number of the city attorney. No, I think that's accurate. That's accurate. Okay. The 15,000 is, is bigger. It's bigger, yeah. It's a bigger facility than what they have now, but, um, no, no. but it's, it reflects uh, the type of facility. Like a, they, they want a first-class facility here like they've built in other jurisdictions in the last few years. They, they, they realize that this is an aging uh, asset. Commissioner Lieben, any further questions? No, so sorry, it's a comment. It's just the last thing I'm gonna say. We've been, we've, well, for five years prior, so well prior to this commission getting elected, been having the same conversation with the county. I thought there was a deal with the previous iteration, but um, look, if the county doesn't want a new library to serve the public, I, I don't want to continue this dance anymore. I, I mean, give it a, give them a, a take it or leave it. And to me, the music's about to stop. If they don't want it, let's move forward with City Hall without them. If they don't want a new library, they don't want a new library to serve the public at no expense, then and it would be a much more impressive, obviously, project and civic space. Then let, let's just let's just move on. No, I, I, I know there's interest in your property on the other side, but I've been saying this for a while. And I mean, getting all tied up in this bureaucracy and a, a deal that maybe isn't that equitable. And I'm, I'm fine to your point, Mayor, to your point, Team Manager, let's think bigger and just get the deal done. But I'm just tired of the dance. And I, I, I want to get a city hall to, deal done. Everyone knows that. And this is another obstruction, another delay. We're dealing with serious people who know how to make a decision for the public benefit. Well, amen to moving forward, which is why we brought this item today. So hopefully in, in, in hopefully voting this up and sending it over, they know we're committed to this position and uh, hopefully they'll accept it without without further modification. Commissioner Kaya, did you have a question, comment? Yeah, I did. Um, in the provisions that we talked about, does it, does it have to be specific in that site or the city hall site to move uh, the library? Yeah, they, they, their, their one kind of non-negotiable point has been that they wanted to stay on the footprint of the site. I, I would say that if there, you know, I'll speculate and say if there was an alternative that we could point to, they probably would be open to that. But since they're in the absence of something real, I think they've just, they're having a hard time envisioning. They don't want to commit themselves to being within a radius of the site, right? But I think if, if for example, Someone came out of the ether in response to our solicitation and said, we want to put this, you know, here. We could go back to them. And I think they would probably be open to a discussion about it being off this campus, okay. but, but nearby. But that would have to go back to the That would have to come back to both of us because the, the, current, the current document, and again, well, city attorney requires it to be on this campus. Yeah. Well, no, there is one out. There is an out. Okay. Um, Sorry. But, but, but it's in their sole discretion to, yeah. to approve it. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, but but there is an out built into this. Yeah. If we find another location that they're okay with, they, they can they can approve it. Okay, Commissioner Lehman, sorry. Sorry to elaborate on my previous point. Um, the pr the previous proposal for the new city hall development did not include the library. So I asked the city manager, deputy city manager, to share those renderings with the commission. You could still see how impressive a project it is without that parcel. Now that said, obviously we all we're all in agreement. I believe it would be a much better project if we include the library, but just so you can understand what a backup, you know, what it would look like without the library, you may want to look at those those renderings. Um, and it, that those renderings also incorporate the Silver Martin building, and it was very impressive. Thank you, Madam Vice Mayor. 
I just have one thing, and that is if we're going to use the conference rooms as a flex space between City Hall and the library, we need to make sure that there is verbiage in there in what takes precedence, because if not, I, I worry we'll find ourselves in the position where these conference rooms are being used for after school, for this club and that club and the other club, and we won't have use of them when we need them. So it should be if we are not using them, then they can use them versus if they are not using them, then we can use them. I don't envision City Hall being coexisting with the library. But it, the conversation right now was it's that an it's, it's an option. It's, it's an, an option. option, and we'll we'll. I think you know, there's there's, I I I think just for simplicity, we'll probably end up segregating the spaces. Uh -huh. um, you know, they'll see if we can get them the fifteen thousand square feet that they want. They may not get a replacement facility exactly that size, but uh, no, I think I I can envision a lot of those same conflicts. So yeah. yeah. Further questions. Uh, without further, this is a this is a public hearing item, or no, it's not. So, no. is there a resolution of the board? Is there a motion on item six? I move the motion. Is there a second? I move the item. Thank you. Of a motion by Commissioner Lieben with a second by Commissioner Kaye, without objection. No objection. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Lieben. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonnie. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes five zero. Great. We just have commission reports. Anyone want to put any comments in the record? No. Well, I'll just say for the public. Uh, I think from all of us, a Merry Christmas uh, and Happy New Year to each of you. We look forward to seeing you in twenty twenty four. Happy New Year. And with that, we stand adjourned. Thank you. Bye, Josh. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. Merry Happy Christmas. New Year. Take care. Thank you.